Welcome to Perspectives, the voice of America's new weekly look at religion, ethics, and values. I'm your host, Gary Edquist. We all want joy and meaning in life. Still, walking a truly spiritual path, whether in private contemplation, in the marketplace, or in organized religious worship, often means more hard work than we are prepared for. Yet somewhere, we have a sense that without spiritual clarity and real values, life's great adventure has little meaning. Perspectives is a new VOA program that looks at religion, ethics, and values in a contemporary world. In this, our premier program, we'll consider the rise of spirituality in the United States. What does it mean to be spiritual? Am I my brother's keeper? Is there an absolute right and wrong? Is everyone's truth equally valid? What are we living for? And what is worth dying for? Is there a God, and does he expect something of us? And is he even a he at all? People have always asked themselves these questions, yet there seems to be a renewed urgency to the spiritual quest. In the U.S., bookstore shelves sag under the weight of new spiritual self-help books. Meditation and religion classes are often filled to capacity. New Age spirituality, with its crystals and pyramid power, is a growth industry and the pews and traditional family churches and synagogues are filling up again. Perspectives ask Jim Wallace, an evangelical Christian who serves the poor in Washington, D.C., to help explain America's current interest in religious and spiritual matters. Well, it's more than an interest. It's a hunger. It's a deeply felt hunger. It's very widespread. It is a crisis of meaning, of ethics, of values, of uh, direction. We are disconnected people. We're disconnected from ourselves, uh, from, from each other, and, and religiously, I would say we're disconnected from God. And spirituality really speaks the language of transformation to gain new perspective. This is the music of Hildegard von Bingen, a previously obscure 12th century German nun and mystic whose music recorded on compact disc is climbing American music charts. True, Hildegard von Bingen and Gregorian chants may never eclipse rock and roll and country music and overall popularity. Still, many Americans, especially the so-called baby boom generation, now entering midlife, are talking about the sacred in ways that would have embarrassed them back when the Beatles or even Elvis Presley held center stage. Professor Wade Clark Roof teaches religion and society at the University of California at Santa Barbara. He is the author of A Generation of Seekers, The Spiritual Journeys of the Baby Boom Generation. Many boomers have moved beyond that earlier phase of, of the me generation and of uh, instant gratification. I think many of them now are struggling with very serious life issues. It expresses itself in many ways in uh, support groups, goddess worship, Bible study, prayer groups. Those all represent, it seems to me, a quest for some kind of uh, unity with life and with 
nature and the universe and with people and with oneself. It's a very, very deep search for uh, rediscovery of the sacred. So many boomers today, and as well as those who are older and now some who are younger, shop around. Gone are the days when Americans took the time to share news at the barber shop on Main Street or to enjoy that extra slice of pie at the local family-run cafe. Today, many spend their free time at the shopping mall with its rows of identical outlets of national retail stores. There, we are treated to non-stop music like what you're hearing in the background. It's music especially designed by psychologists to get people to hurry up and buy. But is this materialism enough? According to Jim Wallace, the author of The Soul of Politics, it is with this material world where convenience and consumption, not human connection, is the name of the game, that much of America's spiritual dissatisfaction can be observed. When life has become sort of uh, uh, summarized by working harder and longer and buying more things that break down and having less quality of life, less abundant life, less joy, less relationship, uh, and we begin to feel like that there is something beyond my experience, or we hope there is. <laughs> you know, St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. The real threat, according to many critics, is not from malls and consumerism per se, but from the misdirection of individualism and self-advancement at the expense of the spiritual. The roots of individualism as an American value may be found in the theology of America's early Protestant settlers, who chose to believe that ultimately one's spirituality and relationship with God was a solitary affair. In recent years, the idiom of public discourse has become more and more secular, owing partly to the U.S. Constitution's requirement of the separation of church and state. Although individualism has been retained and even strengthened, some say the spiritual connection to others has suffered. People don't know how to love anymore, or at least it's much more problematic. People begin to look at each other merely as objects to be manipulated and controlled. Michael Lerner is an observant Jew and the author of The Politics of Meaning, and most recently, Jewish Renewal, A Path to Healing and Transformation. In the contemporary mode of thought, human beings are said to be individuals, born as individuals, and if they enter into relationships with each other, that's a wonderful achievement, but fundamentally we are alone and um, our connection with others is a kind of free contract. That's one mode of thinking, but it's a mode of thinking that has very little to do with the reality of human, uh, human life throughout all of history and in the contemporary world. The reality is that human beings are born in connection with others, that we are fundamentally in need of each other, that our fulfillment comes through communities and through loving relationships with others. From that standpoint, the uh, search for connection, for community, and for recognizing the spirit of God within each other is not some peculiar um, new addition but it's rather the authentic way that human beings are.
Michael Lerner is one of many modern Jews who have found spiritual relief from overwork and short-lived pleasures in the 3,500-year-old tradition of the Sabbath. The Jewish Sabbath, also called Shabbat, is ushered in every Friday night at sundown with candles, blessings, good food, and singing with one's community and loved ones. Mr. Lerner says the Shabbat experience is one of fundamental joy and relatedness. What Shabbat is, or the Sabbath is, is a 25-hour period in which Jews, uh, and I hope increasingly others who get back to this um, Sabbath experience will try it, um, refrain from acting with power over the world and instead turn their attention to celebration of the universe, the spiritual realities of the universe. It's an extraordinary meditation. It's an extraordinary individual and collective act. Mr. Lerner says he did not experience the spiritual side of the Sabbath day while growing up at his neighborhood synagogue, where Saturday services were used as a reason to socialize. Nor did he learn about the religious dimension of being a Jew at his parents' house. Ultimately, Mr. Lerner discovered an overwhelming urge to work to change society. Michael Lerner found deep confirmation for his ethical sense when a teacher introduced him to the prophets of the Old Testament. From that point on, I became very deeply religious. So um, when I entered the social change movements of the 60s, I did so out of a commitment to Judaism, and I became more and more involved in the social change movements, first in civil rights, then in the anti-war movement, uh, then in supporting all of the other social change movements and wanting to see a different bottom line in American society. Americans are often deeply divided about the role that religion should play in the public realm. In a survey conducted by U.S. News and World Report magazine, 65% of those polled say they feel that religion is losing its influence on American life. But at the same time, 62% say that religion has become more important to them personally. And while polls show that 95% of Americans believe in God, there continues to be a strong mistrust of anyone in the public arena who acts on that faith or professes it too loudly. The constitutional requirement for the separation of church and state is often invoked by those who label religious activists as either undemocratic or fanatical. Professor Stephen A. Carter of Yale University examines this question in his book, The Culture of Disbelief. My ideal in the book is to try to defend the notion that you can have a separation of church and state, which I deeply believe in, without requiring of people a pretense that religion is unimportant to them. Professor Carter says he wrote his book in response to what he calls the trivialization of religious motivation in the public arena by the law, the media, and the academic world. He comments on the ambivalence many Americans feel about religion. Well, I don't think it, it's really uh, very complicated. Most Americans see faith as the basis of morality, and I personally believe that they are entirely correct to see that. There are moral rules, and the moral rules are not culture-bound. It doesn't depend on where you came from or how you grew up. That's one of the things that I think makes traditional religion uh, sometimes seem so threatening, that uh, it has rules. Demands uh, in virtually every religious faith, and certainly all of these strong traditional ones, 
Uh, there are things you're supposed to do, whether you want to or not, and things you're not supposed to do, even if you very much want to. That's something that uh, many Americans are uncomfortable with, and yet, despite that discomfort, uh, you do find people returning more and more to those traditional religions. So there is something there. There's something going on there. There is a need that traditional religions fulfill that other societal institutions seem unable to fulfill. Man has to be born again. That's what it's all about. When you receive the Spirit, you get the new birth, and you are born again, and you begin to see things the way God meant them to be. And I think people are seeing and realizing that nothing else is working. Mary Lindsay worships at a church in Harlem in New York City. She is one of the 39% of Americans who say they have been born again into Jesus Christ and who try to follow the New Testament and the teachings of Jesus literally. Like most other born-again Christians, Ms. Lindsay says the secular tone of modern society has been a disaster. God is the creator of man, and man is alienated from God, and he cannot survive without God, although he thinks he can, but he cannot. They've tried everything under the sun. As I said, they've lived as immoral as they could live. They've tried drugs. They've tried all kinds of programs, and nothing has worked. People are just still going downhill. They're still in their same predicament, and they are realizing that now, that there must be something else. And that is receiving the Spirit of God. We're serving the Lord together. WCTN. WCTN is a powerful Washington, D.C. radio station, one of hundreds across the nation that serve people like Mary Lindsay and other born-again Christians. With radio and television stations and multi-million dollar political lobbying groups, born-agains now constitute a powerful cultural force within American society. And as politicians have come to discover, their political demands on issues such as school prayer, sex education, homosexuality, and abortion must be reckoned with. John Vogt is the general manager of WCTN Radio. He explains why he believes Christian voices like his must be heard. The kingdom of God is not a political kingdom. But I, I believe that what's happened in the United States of America over recent years is the church has pulled out to some degree of the political process. And uh, what happened during that time is we saw, I think, the moral compass got off. We lost our, our values. And we've seen a lot of social ills as a result of that. I think what it is is a lot of people in this country, their hearts are broken, what they see. And there's so many families now that are split up and... Uh, there's so many problems with uh, addictions of all kinds. Uh, there's the sexual abuse. There's uh, the pornography and all the baggage that that uh, carries with it. Uh, we look at the, uh, the murder rate just here in the nation's capital, how we've devalued life. There are so many problems out there that the church has answers for. Some Americans who are looking to the spirit for help and healing both in their private lives and in the larger society, choose to do so outside of the mainline churches and other traditional venues of American worship. To them, the term religion has come to mean something institutionalized, even confined, whereas the word spirituality 
connotes a more personal quest. Professor Wade Clark Roof says America's diversity has made it possible to choose from among many paths. What we're seeing happening in this country today, I think, is a, is a mixing of, of elements from many traditions, the selective uh, retrieval of terms and things like the quest, the search, spirituality out of Native American traditions, and the use of New Age religions and some Judeo-Christian elements. But people are mixing those things together and creating their own tailor-made spiritual uh, ways of looking at the world. Part of the spiritual search in America today can be seen in so-called New Age spirituality, a complicated mix of meditation, holistic health, self-help, and alternative communities. There is a certain common agreement among New Agers, however, that the Earth itself is worthy of our deepest reverence. It's all about taking care of the planet, you know, and that's our new mythology is the planet. And what better way to describe the planet than Mother Earth? You know, so it's like we've been away for a long time and now we're coming back home to her. That's Gina Banghart, a New Age priestess in the so-called Goddess Revival movement, a non-traditional blend of spirituality, feminism, and ecology. She represents an eclectic group of men and women who may gather in living rooms or in natural settings across the United States to honor the earth and what they consider its sacred, life-giving energies. Scholars believe that Americans are perhaps the most religiously-minded people among the Western democracies. Amid the diversity of these voices, however, there seems to be a consensus that the wealth of freedom, opportunity, and personal gratification found in this country are not enough by themselves for the good life. For that, according to Jim Wallace, we need something more. We are a pluralistic society, and we have to find a way to bring our religious values into the public discussion in a way that is pluralistic and democratic and respectful and open to not only diverse religious traditions, but open to those who are not religious at all, but want to recover the soul of society, always open to more and more people. Try to find common ground. I think we find common ground always by moving to higher ground. And that's Perspectives for this week. Today's program was written and directed by Adam Phillips. Our producer was Bob Doty. I'm Gary Edquist, inviting you to join us again next Friday at the same time when Perspectives looks at the practice of fasting among major U.S. religions. <laughs>